Who are you all? Hello. I am Fox, played by the human Matt. I am a changeling rogue, and I will probably do something cool, find some interesting stuff. I, I don't know, maybe win a little. Who knows? I mean, we have. It's not like this is this is the beginning. We don't know yet. Hey, I'm Wash. I play Jebediah Peppermint, the Gun Wizard, and this is not the end of the episode. Hey, I'm Trevor. I play Zafka Kibub, the Orc Cleric, who um, is uh, just vibing right now. Hey, I'm Josh. I'm the Wing Badger Game Master, and this is totally the end of the episode. Sinir, Gontos, Kotex, Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Alan got a 26. Alan rears up with the great axe and just boom, slams it down on the uh, on the sigil. The whole chunk that he's in, an eighth of it disappears, and in your hand, the great axe splinters into pieces. Okay. I'm going to cast Hand of Coal and have it erupt out of the, because it's constructed out of the ground, have it erupt out of the ground of one of the sigils and smash down on one of the other ones. Perfect. One of them is definitely disfigured. Uh, roll strength to disfigure um, the next. I rolled uh, 11 strength to try to disfigure another one with steel as I'm giant. Okay, you and Fox work together, or you and Zoth work together to get the first one that he's doing disabled. Okay. Three have been broken so far. Jeb is rolling strength to attempt to break a fourth of the eight. Listeners, one minute and 22 seconds remain. With your 19, you break a Rolled fifth. a nine on a, nine on a second. Okay, you are Roll not able attack. to disfigure the next part of the sigil, and the energy is starting to melt through your Nat mace. Nat 20 to... Okay. Nat 20, you are able to break the sixth... Uh, piece of the sigil. There's one minute on the clock, listeners. You're able to break Alan the sixth piece of the sigil. Alan is pulling out his... It it's, not, it's not attuned yet, but he's pulling out the, the scimitar of speed to disfigure and another. attempting to use that. Okay. Um, between Alan's... I can move the hand. Yep. Between Alan's scimitar of speed and Fox, you are able to break the seventh, and then the hand breaks the eighth. Garlil is free, but immediately falls unconscious to the ground. So now there's just a dragon laying there with the Sphere of Annihilation 30 uh, seconds away. Him. You've got to find a way to move I'm gonna him. I'm going to grab him as, as a giant I'm as he's doing that. I'm going to grab him as a giant and drag him out of the way. Great. And between the two of you, you cure his wounds and he wakes up feebly using, he heals his, 12. feebly using his draconic legs to help scratch to the side as Fox helps him, pulling him to the side and you drag Garlow, Avatar of Gonteus, God of Chaos, out of the sigils where he was bound just as, I kid you not, listeners, the final 10 seconds of the Sphere of Annihilation, you can feel the heat and the sizzling energy as it moves towards where you were. It like singes little bits of cloth off of your clothes as you pull Garlel to the side, but you do safely get him out of the line of fire of the Sphere of Annihilation as it gets to its final resting place at the center of the tower or the center of the sigil where Garlow was and eats through the base of the tower and just stops, winks out of existence. The lever itself remains untouched. That was too close. 
panting from the exertion of helping Fox and uh, Zothkug move Garlel out of the way of the sphere of annihilation, Owlin drops to one knee, like just catching his breath. And you realize that in the like exertion, he's gone completely hoarse from screaming out commands and, and helping move him and the, and raging and all those things. His voice is just completely shot. And so he like, he isn't really even able to say anything. He just looks over at you guys and gives you like this shaky thumbs up. Like we, we did it oh. and kind of sits down crosses his legs and like immediately just starts resting and drinking out of a water skin. He drinks <laughs> one down. He pulls out a second one and drinks that down, but his throat is still very hoarse. You may not hear him speak tonight. Listeners <laughs> because he's so hoarse, not because he's not here. Uh, I just pat him on the back and, and give and just say thumbs up, man. Good job. You did great. Just rest. Yeah. Give him a good, good clap on the shoulder, whichever one hurts more. <laughs> <laughs> but not too hard just as a tease what are you guys doing you're in the you're in this room at the very bottom of the uh, aos lore foundation tower the base of the library there's a big furrow carved through like a nice smooth ramp leading down to where you are five stories of library garlel is unconscious next to you oh no he's not he's just woken up so he's stable and very weak Alan is resting I'm just waiting for him, honestly. Like, I don't want to bother him. He seems kind of tired, too. Like, like, but I'm, I'm just, like, in awe. Like, I can't stop staring at him. So I'm just, like, looking up, like, jaw open. I don't want to leave him, either. Like, we just rescued him, and he's just standing there, like... I feel like I should say something, like... Uh, so, uh... <laughs> you're welcome? <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. I'm sorry, like... I, I, <laughs> the black dragon size category gigantic <laughs> looks over at you it swings its head around like in desolation of smog where it's like just the head is right next to you and its eye is peering down at you and it seems to wink and then it very slowly begins to morph and shrink and as it does you can see like the the details that you missed before the missing scales and the scars and the kind of like crusted gore from it being entrapped and tortured it all starts to shrink and, sl and slim down until he's transformed back into his human form with his deep blue suit the same one that Alan described to you in his memory of the ALF tower standing upright barely he's kind of swaying back and forth but he's standing upright and he kind of brushes off his suit he puts on a pair of sunglasses that like darken and brighten depending on the light. So he like spins a little dial and they like open up to normal lightness. He looks over at you and he goes, thank you. This is most unfortunate, but I am so grateful for your assistance. I'm sorry that you find me so weakened or I would repay you. We're sorry for the damage to your building. I'm honestly, I'm surprised you pulled yourself together like that to, I mean, you look pretty good in the suit, not going to lie. Yeah, you're dressing pretty sharp there, sir. Thanks, yes. I, I believe first impressions are very important. And he holds up his, his hand, and in it, a mug appears. And he just, like, takes a drink from the mug. And it's just, like, normal water. Like, he's still clearly very weak, but he's starting to, like, recover himself. It's like, it has been three years of agony in there. I, I just, how, <sighs> if you don't mind, how did they capture you? Like, what what started this all? Well, that is a loaded question. How they captured me. Let's start there. That's easier. Fox sits down cross-legged. Same with Zoth. He's just fascinated. Like Story just, time. Just eagerness of a, of, a, of a toddler on his face. Jeb's going to look through books while they're listening, and just he's just going to, like, every once in a while, he's, like, looking over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. 
Right. So Jeb's actually like searching for stuff. Yeah, he's, he's like just making a walk around the room. Like he still doesn't quite trust the environment, but is also like, like he knows his time here is limited, and these books are really important to their future. Go ahead and roll an investigation. You can roll it normally and mostly be searching and just hear a little bit, or you can roll it at disadvantage and be paying attention to the whole conversation, but also be like kind of casually searching. Twenty-two. I didn't take disadvantage. Garlo looks looks up at you as you're as you're searching. As you glance back, you realize he's watching you. And he just says very quietly in his sort of deep rumbling voice that because the room is so still and silent, makes it to you no problem. He says, there shouldn't be anything here. They came and looted the place dry. And yet, Amplector Prochea, yes, embrace the storms. Perhaps the winds have left you something. As he says that, in that very same moment at your feet, you come across two things. The first one is a small earring, gold and brass, and it has clouds engraved in the side of it. The second thing that you come across is a scroll. It's in a pile of ash, like other scrolls had been set fire to, but this one didn't quite burn. Like the fire extinguished or ran mm-hmm. out of oxygen before this one could burn. On it is a spell called Illusory Script. You're welcome to look it up if you want the exact definition, but basically it lets you write something that only people you want to can see it. To everyone else, it looks like spooky, magey writing. Hmm. Um, yeah. So you find you find that spell scroll. If there is more to find, it may be in the upper chambers of the tower because when they captured me, they brought dozens of people and they scalped the tower. They came in and tried to take all of the uh, knowledge, all of the lore, all of the things that I had devoted my life to building up. If anything was dropped or lost or missed, it would probably have fallen further up in the tower. And yet, good find. He like winks at you, you know, like, good job. Lady Luck tends to be on my side. You asked how they captured me. Yes. I was a fool. Shrub came to me and warned me. Um, you also, you would know that Shrub, well, you've encountered Shrub once, or at least some of his historical records. Shrub was an avatar of Awara. He was a dirt folk. Um, Shrub came to me and he told me of the Aboleth's plans, of their machinations, that they had found their way back into this material plane. And I foolishly thought that with my segment of the Rod of Seven Parts safe here on the tower, that they would be unable to bring their plans to bear. And I paid for it in the blood of the Aeos Lore Foundation when the tower fell. I threw several people out and was using my magic to cast Featherfall on them so that they might make it safely to the ground. When the magic stopped working, I realized what must have happened as my last act. Rather than save myself from the tower, I threw my most important tool to an ember of the Aeos Lore Foundation. It is a tome called the Book of Exalted Deeds. And hidden in it is part of what we need to defeat the Aboleths. We'll come back to that. So the tower fell, and I was crushed underneath of it as it impacted the ground here, and ambushed by people with strange weapons I'd not seen. They were waiting under the tower, so this was clearly some planned event. They came in, and they subdued me, and then they used magic that was taught to them by the Aboleths. It is an ancient cosmic sort of magic, the sort of magic that your weave, as you know it, is derived from. And because of that, it is beyond the power of an avatar like myself to undo the way that we could undo other magics. We, as the avatars, are basically concentrations of divine magic. 
We're like knots in the weave, if you will. We are empowered by the gods to do their will without their presence. And so we have a limited reserve of their divine power, which is normally channeled from the outer planes through the weave and into their chosen or their devout. We are special and obviously very limited in number because we can do what they can do without them being present. But our powers are finite. Depending on how cynical you are, it's either because we get the opportunity of returning to them to report on what we're doing, or it's because they want us dependent on them so we cannot achieve godhood ourselves. However you interpret that, our powers are finite and we have a limited reserve. I am not the only avatar of Gomteus. I have a second counterpart, if you will. His celestial name is Navrak, though he goes by many names in this world, and he is somewhere in Udril, and knowing of his existence, I tried to bide my power, thinking he might come to save me. But he was either unable, prevented, killed, or busy doing other things for these past three years. I would have had power with which to help you, save that when that sphere of annihilation began approaching me, I dumped all of it into trying to escape. And as you saw, I was unsuccessful. Whatever they're doing with the power they channel from us, they have just taken most of mine. And he sits down looking kind of defeated, but also like still looking really cool because he looks awesome in this blue suit. So you've lost all of your reserve. They've siphoned your power. I, I don't understand this whole planar thing, but what I'm understanding is you were like a well and that well's dry now. And speaking of strange folks, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go check. I'll, I'll be, I'll be right back. I'm going to check our perimeter. If you wish to search this tower for anything that remains, you should begin soon. We have at most two days before reinforcements arrive. I am apprised they will not release lightly, especially in my weakened state. Well, uh, I guess I'll start looking. I uh, also uh, have to report that all the other avatars, if it was not known to you, have also been captured except for one, but she is very weakened. I suspected as much. Do you know if you were the first one? I imagine it would have been simultaneous. When they disrupted magic, it disrupted my connection to Gomteus, leaving me with my limited reserve of power, unless others were willing to immediately channel their full reserves of power they likely fell prey to the same traps that i did matt it looks like you have a question yes um for searching but i also want to keep an eye out which do you want me to roll first because i know you're probably going to have me roll perception and investigation uh yeah roll investigation and then perception yay because i rolled (laughs) and that's why i'm like vibrating because i got a nat 20 (laughs) i don't know i was just waiting i was like i I don't want to interrupt him because he's 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 telling stuff and there goes matt he just vibrated through the wall again good job matt (laughs) classic matt so uh and then i i got a uh for a perception check right Mm mm-hmm I got a 15. You leave a little bit further from the conversation having been prompted by Garlil himself. So you're kind of making your way up the five stories of the library. You're maybe three or four stories up. Right. Um, searching through the rubble and the debris. And you come across a bracelet in the form of a Mobius loop with strange arcane markings on it. And it has a sticky note pasted to the side. And the sticky note says, 
Demetrius, I've done everything I can, but it still only works as expected about 70% of the time. Be very careful with this. Gods know where you even found such a device, but space-time is not to be toyed with lightly. Ooh, 70% space-time toy. Let's go. <laughs> 70% of the space-time works every space-time. 70% exactly. space-time toy is the name of my uh, upcoming movie, but it'll only be released on VHS. <laughs> yeah, it's great to VHS. Uh, Jeb's going to approach Garlo, and he's going to take his hat off kind of respectfully and you know sir um i wasn't i didn't hear everything you said but i heard uh fox say that you were uh like a like a, a well that gone gone dry and where where do you get your like how would you get that to fill back up is there anything that we could do for you the past eons you carry with you will not suffice to restore me I will need to be connected directly back to Gomteus himself. And to achieve that, I fear we will need to use the cataclysmic ritual. The what? There was a council of sorts held between all of the avatars. Larodith, an avatar of Awara and perennial inventor and innovator, discovered the bones of a method to absolutely annihilate something. Power so destructive that it had the potential to tear the material plane apart and we deemed it too strong even for ourselves and so we separated the spell for example i was keeper of the incantation larodith knows the material and somatic components Setonia knows the area and can consecrate the ground where the spell must be cast and so on and so forth i fear that this ritual is the only way to get the aboleths back out of our land hmm. well i was well i was just hoping to be able to give you some of this power to sustain you but if that's not going to work if you have attuned to the rod already it belongs with you the rod is part of i was cataclysmic ritual yeah but until then it should stay with you oh. and at that time you should be a part of what we do okay i um i don't know if this is helpful or how but after magic had passed when we first started our, our quest um Kelnor sent me some premonitions, some visions of of where all the avatars were. I don't know how that got to me, but maybe there's some sort of backdoor to the gods somehow. I suspect your message came from Kay rather than from Kelnor, in which case he was using his reserves of power, which does indicate that perhaps he was not captured in the way the rest of us were, uh, though that doesn't help us much since... He hadn't been seen for a year before the darkening. No one has seen or heard of anything about K, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Who's K? Uh, that's the the avatar of Kelnor. He oh. used to visit our tower. Okay. He travels on a floating airship, but we had not seen him for a year before the darkening. Wait, what? Yeah, he does that. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty cool guy. That sounds terrifying. Like, the only thing worse than being surrounded by sky on one side is surrounded by sky on all sides. Oh, they're very cozy and comfy. Honestly. But, like, none of you is touching the ground. Yeah. That sounds... You're touching the airship. Ooh, like, Jeb, Jeb just, like, feels a little queasy in his stomach. And it's like, that sounds I'm, I'm just saying, I think Kay's a little overrated, all right? I'm just... <laughs> Kay got us here. I... I mean, I, I won't say that he didn't, he's not like good and, and useful and, and all that, but I'm just saying. A fascinating opinion from one of his anointed. Don't remind me. Wait, Fox, you're a religious man? I thought you were like all. No, I'm. Carve your own destiny. Kay created the changelings. 
Oh. So they're often referred to as his anointed. I am descended from the original changelings. Pup, you need to respect your elders more. <sighs> oh, it's fine around here. I am not bothered. <laughs> See, he's not bothered. Perhaps I should remind you, Gomteus is the god of chaos. No. We're we're kind of down for a good joke. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm I'm talking about something else, but that's okay. Maybe you could help us find him. Maybe maybe his airship is still flying around. I am not familiar with the inner workings of airships, so I don't know if they fly via magic or mechanic. We must hope so, because he is the only one who is able to actually cast the spell required for the cataclysmic ritual. Mm. That sounds very important. It, it is a complicated process, obviously, but the first step to getting there is for us to find the other avatars and to reunite the pieces of the Rod of Seven Parts, which is in itself no small task, as we, the avatars were originally tasked with finding them. And to my knowledge, I'm the only one who found one. We saw, I don't know if this is part of it, anything, but we saw uh, traces of the uh, druid artifact, um, Crescendo. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. A fascinating artifact, but yeah. not related to the rod. We saw a replica of, of one of the rods not too long ago. Where? Oh yeah, yeah. That was in... Uh, Oh man, it was back that at that dwarf one in, town. Uh, the village, right? Yeah, Where but it was we it was like the, out well, but the, but it's like the the actual one was like a royal scepter. And I think it was in the kingdom of Rudral. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to be honest. Uh, there's there's some there's an event that that's stuck in my head that's kind of more. Alwyn, do you remember know, which it, one it was? <laughs> He's just too hoarse to resp- respond. Man, Alan, <laughs> he's that like, sucks for you. I know. <laughs> waving his hands, pointing yeah, off at the distance at where Clan Tructa's village must be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we've had quite, quite the journey getting here. There's a lot that's happened to us just to get to this point, And we still have all the other avatars to save. So you'll have to forgive us if some details get uh, muddled. So you are questing yes. to save all of us. Yeah. That's I mean, plan. I'm just I'm just Absolutely. going with the flow here. Just seems like it's the idea. So I feel like if you join us, that would make things go a lot better. But, you know, you might have your own things to do. Well, certainly I will join you by the end. But I think I need to recover my strength first. And that might involve, you said one of the avatars is free? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, yes. what was her name? Satonia, avatar of Kotex. Uh, yeah, yeah, Satonia. Do you know where she is? I believe she's in... Here, dragon? I think she's on the, like... Yeah, like, it's a mountain out, out to the west. There's a white dragon that... Uh, Thraxenhau. That has a, a place there. Yeah, Thraxenhau. But she she uh, used her, like, last bit of power, I think. Well, we, we may have helped her out with that or something. Um, there was a... Uh, there was a pendant that she had had given a uh, bestowed had given a, a a cleric of hers and uh and I had done some some magic to it that may have helped it a little bit so she might be stable what we haven't heard from we should probably like try to contact can you do like that sending spell thing with uh with I him? never met the Not person in this state however nearby there is the city of Fladena a city of dragons just south of that in the mountains is Kavor one of the Elder Dragons, who existed before even we the Avatars did. I believe that I could travel to her and get passage to Thraxenhau, and there perhaps unite with Setonia. Perhaps hmm. if you were able to rescue the other Avatars, we could use Thraxenhau's domain to recover ourselves and then sort of launch a counterattack from there what has been happening for three years i mean what have the abolists been doing uh the abolists specifically not a hundred percent sure but we know that they're related to um 
and I pull out some like wingle digits, they created this currency out of yep. sacrium and they infuse it with magic and they have these ciphers. Does anyone have a cipher? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Fox, you should have one. I gave you one a while ago with like a healing right. spell on it for important emergencies that you have yet to use. <laughs> Yes, I have it right here. This is very important thing that it, it's been clipped yeah, it's prominently like to my it was, I, it was buried in my pack. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I, I put it away. I forgot about it. Yeah, you might want to like hang on to that thing, buddy. They have these these wingle digits which act as currency, but they also act as conduit for casting magic through these ciphers. And then when you from our research, when you cast a spell, that energy goes back down into the earth and back into the turns back into sacrium and it's rebind again and recycled. That is not possible. Well, it kind of happens. The expenditure of magic from such a material could not be recaptured. That was just our impression based on the things we've seen and heard. Maybe that's not how it works. I mean, we, we spoke to some scientists about it and that's like what they told us. At least the, the people that were working on it. Were they of sane mind at the time? The Aboleths are known to influence the minds of others. Yeah, we also... I've had trouble with that. Hmm. Um, like they could have been wrong, and they were just. This sounds that. like the kind of lie that would be used to manipulate them into participating. I mean, they've definitely built a power base. Well, heck, that kind of changes things. There's a lot of mining in the underdark for the sacrium. Um, I don't know to what end of course, all of this. The underdark. Is He's like got serve. that face of someone who's putting things together. That's why it was pulling us downwards. Our power was being siphoned into the... They used us as batteries. Hey! Oh, we were right. High five. They must have used the avatars to jumpstart their process. If your power is almost gone, then then that means that the other avatars' power is probably... Like, we're probably coming to the limit of everybody. Well, they would have only needed us to start the effect. So the effect itself, whatever they're doing, is arcane in nature. Or at least it's... But then why go to such lengths to keep you bound if they don't need you? Because we could interrupt it, perhaps? I could see how an avatar could cause harm Maybe. to a process. Uh, we would certainly be trying. And then there was work being done. We, we, we fought with one of the Avalon. And you lived. Very impressive. We didn't win, but we didn't lose. Right, guys? Yeah, we set them back, I think, a good ways and... Yeah, that's how we got that rod, right? And Jeb kind of pulls the rod up and is like, yeah, this this definitely put a kink in their plans. Um, also... The rod of intelligence. We have their plans. Um, Fox, don't you have that uh, that document here, that we pulled out of their storage? Second. Let me dig in here. That has like, yeah, that has like the whole prophecy of like that they were wanting to try to keep out of the hands Man, of everybody. I really need to organize this pack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Here, can you can you hold this for a second, Jeb? Just, just get a bag of holding. Here. Just, yeah, I'll hold right. it open. I set it on the ground and I pull the drawstring off the top and just like just start it putting up. stuff out, throwing out some like uh, pittance, <laughs> robe, clothes. I like the oh, idea. Man, how long has that been in there? I like the idea that you're handing all these things to Jeb, but because Jeb is only two shins high, <laughs> it's just like this big pile, and Jeb's little hat is poking out of the middle of it. <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. Why, why do you have like three half-eaten rations? Why don't you wow. just finish the whole thing before you move I, on I to the next one? I forget about them. He okay, no, like that part it of the is rations. not true. I, I just conveniently forget about it, okay? Anyway, I think I found it. You just eat the dessert out of each of them is what you do. Yeah. All right, you that eat the dessert, is slander. And you drink the juice box. I will not take this <laughs> crouching in front of my bag. I will first show you and change the subject of the conversation. I found it. 
I kind of folded it up too many times, so just give me a second. Mm. All three of you have inspiration for that fantastic <laughs> role-playing. It was so funny. Uh, you pull out the plans, and Garlil takes them, and now, like, the artificer comes to the fore. Garlil sits down and begins reading through them It like very attentively. It's almost as if he's forgotten the rest of you are there with him. And so there's just several awkward moments of silence as he's just staring down at the paper reading. He, you know, flips from, you know, one side to the other side, turns it back, behind spins him and it stand around. over his shoulder and kind of look down. You're looking down, but all you're seeing are like really complicated, like glyphs and math and equations. And like, it's way over your head. I'm going to nod my I'm head like I understand. Head. Is it over my head? Same. We're all nodding <laughs> our heads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. The flax with the doohickey. I recognized a word. <laughs> you recognized a single word. The word was and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This one and that one. Yeah, that goes. That makes oh, yeah. sense to me. <laughs> it's all coming together. I mean, obviously, with that, um, uh, Jeb, what, what is that? What am I even looking it's, at? It's a conjunction. Yeah. <laughs> conjunction. What's a conjunction? Uh, what's more important is what is the conjunction's function. But, you know, that's beside the point. <laughs> you guys are killing me. <laughs> I'm like checking my notes and I'm like, right, conjunction. Conjunction. <laughs> Oh my well, goodness. looking through these, it appears that they have created a, a large arcane circle in Western Urida. Yes. And that they used surges of power from us to get it started, but that it is now self-sufficient. It is essentially a micro-concentration of the weave. Can I see that wingle digit again? And he takes one of the wingle digits yep, you pulled I out can. and he holds it up and he goes, see this inscription? It's like this, but you know, gigantic. He, hands it back to you. I, I inspect it and look at the inscription. We did see something similar uh, on a map. Um, I, we think the Ableth was working through like multiple companies and one of them was a mining company. Oh, with the dig site Right, things. the dig sites. They were in a circle around a central location. Do we have well, the map? Weren't they Weren't they a hexagon? Was it they a hexagon? Were, no, it was like He pulls out the map and he goes, were they a decagon? Yes. That's, that's what it, it was. Oh, that's right. Yes. Those must be it. It was centered on Tumbleweb. Poor shrub. There's a big thing being built. Back to Tumbleweb. They were building something under tumble, Tumbleweb. At this point, they'll know that I am free. Although, again, their forces will be coming here to try and recapture me. We will probably find Tumbleweb absolutely unenterable. Uh, it was already unenterable before we came here. Um, sorry, really bad joke. That's dirt humor. A little bit of dirt humor. Probably wouldn't understand. So, Thrax and how? Do, uh, like, is he trustworthy? Like, do you do you know the guy? Um, like, because it's like, seems like he might be trustworthy with the other avatar. But uh, that was all, like information by proxy like we haven't actually been over there we don't know if it's actually a safe location if the aboleths have been out that way or what Drax and Howe is not known for his mental acuity he considers things like lore and math and the date beneath him I feel that his mind would be very difficult for the aboleths to influence because it lacks most internal workings. <laughs> mm. I mean, we made it past Kaivin. We can make it through Thraxen So he's Howe. your kind of guy, Fox. I don't think we will find Thraxen Howe an enemy. And if Satonia is there, mm. I believe she will be able to keep him in check. Satonia is the avatar of Kotix, the goddess of nature. Alan. And the nature, calm down, Alan. nature magics should be sufficient <sighs> to quell any rage Thraxen Howe might feel. But also, you could send me independent of you so that you could continue your quest. It sounds as though you have business in Udril. 
and you said there were two other avatars you know the locations of? Uh, we don't know the locations. We have a very vague idea. Describe them. You may not realize this, but before the Aeos Lore Foundation was founded, I and several of the Cavarite dragons were the world's first cartographers. Alan, uh, I know you're there's... trying to talk, but it's fine. We got this. You just okay. sit down and rest. It's okay. Here, Alan, um, I'm just going to give him a piece of paper. Can you write down the answers that he was asking real quick? Because I know you know them. Can you like just write it down? Well, I quick? think one of them was like, uh, there was something with grass, Definitely right? Definitely grass. With you, Fox, everything's with grass. <laughs> <I know. laughs> hey, that is more his thing than my thing. Hey, man, not anymore. Alan holds up I mean, the, the piece of paper you gave fair. him, or the piece of parchment or whatever, and he's written on it. One of them was trapped under a lake. One of them was trapped with some grass at the top of a mountain. And he holds there it we go. back up for everyone to see. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank one you, of them was under it like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. don't worry, Alan. Just sit down. We got this. Garlal <laughs> looks at the paper and then looks up at you. Was it dark under the lake? And Alan nods vigorously. Do you know where that is? I do. That would be the base of the Umbral Sea. The lair of Andromeda, the Silver Star. She's a Moonstone Dragon, and she would not have leased her accommodations lightly. They must have imprisoned or killed her too. I bet if you free her, she'd help you uh, rescue whoever's in there sort of by proxy. I, I don't think it would be a rescue mission, but I think she would help if you were able to find her. Uh, I don't know how many the gem dragons. Umbral Sea is not too far away from here, is it? No, it's directly beneath the uh, floating peak of Zanir. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just follow the shadow underneath the peak and it will lead you to the edge of the Umbral Sea. And the grass? Well, if it's grass and it's at the top of a mountain, that sounds like the uh, old Darud city of No Stone or perhaps No Wood. I've heard about No Stone. They are neighboring to each other. And again, if there is a link here, a sapphire dragon named Uriah has taken residence in the abandoned Hematitian city. Yes, it would be the Hematitian city next to No Stone. It would be No Wood. That would be a challenge to get to. They're not very creative with their town names, are they? They like dragons, don't yeah, they? They're, they're pretty direct. Well... I imagine dragons create the perfect hideouts for them. A draconic lair is usually full of its own defenses. It's meant to be large enough for a dragon to pass through, allowing them to move vehicles or important, you know, shipments of things through. It's easily defended. They just have to remove the dragon, which I guess if they could do it to me, they probably have done. I can, uh, a, a dragon owes me a favor if that means anything. Hmm. I mean, you could cash in on any favors you want to pull this off. I certainly wouldn't hesitate to call on an ally. I have no idea how to contact it. There is also uh, the matter of the Book of Exalted Deeds, which I disguised long ago um, to prevent anyone from finding the hidden incantation in it. And as the tower fell, I threw it to one of my ember. Uh, his name, his name. He seems like he's flipping through like gazillions of names that he remembers. He's got a Rolodex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pedrin. Makar Memory Pedrin like was his name. He, and Owlin is like freaking out silently over on the side because he can't move. Um, Makar Pedrin <laughs> is the name of Alan's friend who you've met. Mm. Um, oh, Makar. I threw it to him, but I did not have time to tell him what it was because then the tower fell. I hope he made it out okay. Was that the, yeah, the, the city we got chased out of? Yeah. yeah. But we left on good terms with him. Well, Alan. Alan's Sounds on like good my terms kind of him. visit to a city. Uh, if, if you didn't know, we're also being hunted by the Abolis, so there are people always after us. I imagine that if you're here, you are probably being hunted by the Abolis. Well, boys. You know, now that I thought about it, 
I'm, I'm stuck on this. What are you stuck on, Fox? We, we, like, I have no choice now, do I? What? And like, I, I kind of have to save the Avatar. Did you not want to? Well, it's, I just, I, I didn't say I didn't want to. It's just the fact that now it's no longer a choice. You know, I like to have my choice. What did you think what did, would well, happen maybe when we left? Maybe it's just an obvious choice. There is always a choice. Well, one of them's a terrible choice. So I have still a to choice. Save. That just makes you smart. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a terrible person. Sucks, man. I know adventuring hasn't been really your thing, you know, but this is where we ended up. I don't know. It's kind of grown on me a little bit, but I don't know. I just, I don't like being limited. It feels weird. Cagey. But uh. just imagine the life we'll get to live once we finish. Pup, you've done nothing but flourish <sighs> since we've been in, since we've been adventuring. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think you might be doing some self-talk. I think he just what? wants the, the option, even though he knows that he would do this. I guess you're right. I, I need to... I give you permission to be a terrible, evil jerk. Just don't do it. <laughs> No, no, I'm not going to leave. It's just... You can go back home to your parents. Oh, hell no. Carlo looks at you, Jeb, and he goes, you should consider uh, joining the new AOS Lore Foundation when I rebuild it. That's some good <laughs> logic right there. <laughs> some chaotic thinking. I could, I could teach a class or two. <laughs> Practical magic. And he, like, shuffle, like, reseats a couple of the shells on his bandolier. <laughs> Carlo looks at, suddenly noticing the bandolier. He goes, what are those? May I look at them? Sir, I would love to sit down and talk with you about these. <laughs> and and let, let these two, let, let, let this big, wait, there's light in here, isn't there? No. No? no? Okay. Sorry. Never. <laughs> let these two guys yak back and forth. Yeah, and so Jeb will, like, sit down cross-legged, obviously a very tiny fellow in the presence of a very large dragonish humanoid. And, yeah, he's just going to, like, go through it all and be like, yeah, so, like, these components here. He, like, takes the takes the the shells and they almost like slide apart like a like a pill capsule and inside of them are like crushed ingredients so it's like like this one's got some you know sulfur and some bad guana don't ask it's just necessary and uh you know just like and then if when i lob it through this it's like you know then a big fireball and this that and the other and he as he goes into the whole thing about how you know when i was down in the underdark it just kind of worked but on the surface it's not and i think it's because of the presence of the sacrium that it's uh maybe causing like a minor weave effect or whatever but now that i've got this rod it's like with as long as it's within this range he just kind of like goes into all of the stuff and he's just like he's just nerding out with him he's like flipping through his grandpa's book and being i can't figure out this one like i still don't understand this one here but this one I figured out recently and it was pretty awesome and then this one I used to send Alan out into the sky flying wise and it was pretty great uh, just to see that big old guy because I made him use this one instead of the big instead of big boy it was amazing you should have seen it as you're going through this whole thing you keep expecting Garlal to like chime in with some kind of cool insight or interrupt you with some kind of big knowledge but you instead find him to be the most attentive listener and he just sits there and takes in everything you say and, you know, asks intelligent follow-up questions where he gives you the opportunity to explain. Basically, he's just enjoying watching you be excited about something. And at the end of it, he just, like, pats you on the back with a draconic human-sized hand and goes, This is incredible. I'm so amazed by what you've been able to discover. This was your grandfather's work, you say? Yeah, the, I mean, I need to give credit where credit's due. I'm... I'm standing pretty tall on this, but I'm standing on the shoulders of a giant. Well, if anyone were able to make something out of the rubble and detritus left behind by these looters, it would be you. I encourage you to search this tower before we leave and see what you can find. Oh, we're going to search it. 
we're gonna we're gonna squeeze this place dry. We're gonna wring it like a towel. I'm not yet strong enough to leave this place. Yeah. So perhaps someone could stay and defend me while the others searched. I will stay. Hey, Alan's got pretty big muscles. Yeah, that's right. We got Alan like waves from the corner and then flexes. <laughs> yes, this will work well. I give you a give you a chance to practice with your new sword. You said you needed to like attune to it or something. Suddenly his eyes go wide like he's just remembered that he's holding a sword he's not attuned to, and he like <laughs> gets to his feet and begins. It's like the sword is faster than he is right now. So he's like swinging it in practice swings, but it's like way off balance. And so you're seeing this big burly barbarian holding a scimitar that like, you know, a slender swashbuckler would use, but it's almost as if it's too heavy. He's like off balance and his weight keeps like flopping around. And Garlel says, just give that a couple hours. He'll figure it out. Yeah, he'll get it. He always does. So I, I guess. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, sorry. I, I was lost in thought. Um. Let's do, yeah, we got a company. We got to do what our our job. We got to do our job. Is saving an avatar not, and not a, enough? Oh, that's, you know, that's our main objective. But yeah, we still got the, we still got the guy. Anyway, I'm going to go, I'll be, um, I'm going to go search over here. Jeb, if you want to search over there, you know, we'll, we'll get this started. Jim Fox just walks off. I'm heading, I'm retracing my steps back to the top of the tower where that room full of artifacts and stuff was. And I'm just gonna do slow and methodical. Like I don't, I as I recall, this was the library, and so there was like this was the one he was most excited about because he's looking for like spells and stuff. But I think a lot of that's been destroyed or or looted. And then past that was the fireball trap room, and there anything in there is probably burned up. And then past that was was the big open art like the artificing area with like all of the, the little offshoot offices and stuff. Um, so he's going to spend a little time in there kind of scrubbing around, seeing if he can find any any interesting <clears throat> half-put-together implements or stuff that might be useful for owling and artificing. Um, and then past that, he probably wouldn't hang out too much in the uh, in the cafeteria past that. So really, it'd be like the artificing room and then the storage room at the very, very top. We will... Uh, follow both of those two stories. Zoth, um, Garlil sits down and just continues his conversation with you. So from time to time as they explore, we'll jump back and okay. continue the conversation between the two of you. Perfect. Um, but let's start by following our two friends here. So Fox, I'd like you to roll a perception and an investigation. Jebediah, I'd like you to roll an investigation and an arcana check. My perception is 16 and my investigation is 14. You begin exploring and you're just like kind of navigating around the library kind of circuitously, like just looking in the spots you weren't on your way up to the top of the tower, right? Because that's where you said you're going, right? Yeah, I was I was just kind of wandering. Um, I'm not really fully into it, but yeah. The first thing you come across is um, at the top of the library, when you make your way into the room that had the fireballs, which was sort of like a lobby for the AOS Lore Foundation. Right. Um, that room, obviously, there's a lot of damage in there. The walls are scorched and it, you know, it still smells faintly of smoke. You see kind of in on one side of the room, like tossed aside as if it was maybe flung by the fireballs and the force of the tower shifting and all those things. Um, you see an ornate, expensive looking chest with three locks on it. And hmm. sitting on top of that chest is a U-shaped door knocker. Like it looks like it was literally ripped off of a door and tossed over there. Um, the door knocker is solid gold the whole way through. So it's like the the brass or the gold backing plate and then like the U-shaped thing that you would actually slam on the door to knock. Pocketing that immediately. Yeah. And all three latches of the chest are unlocked. You are able to determine from this that the knocker itself casts the knock spell basically an arcane lock oh. opening magic thing that works 
uh, once per long rest. Um, so it recharges basically at dawn is basically what happens. That's pretty cool. And then oh, okay. opening the chest, which I assume you do. Yes. Okay. Opening the chest, uh, you find three coins of delving and a coin of delving mm. is I'm about to read the description for our listeners. Cause it's from a, it's from Explorer's Guide to Wildemount. Like it's an expanded source book. So people may not know it. Yeah. Um, it is a scintillating copper coin that sheds dim light in a five foot radius if dropped a distance greater than five feet, the coin issues a melodious ringing sound when it hits a surface. Any creature that can hear the chime can determine the distance the coin dropped based on the tone. Just imagining like a slide whistle. You just have a slide <laughs> whistle and it gets deeper, deeper, deeper. You also, as you're like kind of messing around with the chest and checking like, oh, did anything fall behind it? And you push it off to the side. You find a spot mm-hmm. of wall that is clearly facade. Like there's a hidden door in the wall. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to check for hinges or anything like where it pivots. I'm up. I'm just going to just carefully open that if I can. So you put just a little bit of pressure on the door and it like on exact seams slides back about an inch and then it's a pocket door. And so you can slide it to the side and it retracts into the wall to the left behind it. There is a small chamber, which we'll learn more about after we check in with Jebediah Peppermint. Jeb, mm. um, tell me about your investigation and your arcana rolls. I burnt up my advantage. Okay. And I'm glad I did because my arcana roll is a 25. Heck yes. And my investigation is a 16. Awesome. Trevor, roll 2d4. All right. Matt, roll 2d6. I am working off of the table of cool things here. I got a four and a three for a total of seven. I I got a three and a four. (laughs) Nice. Seven and seven. I like it. Nice and even. Hey, that's a lucky number. That's true. The first thing that you find, Wash, as you're going through the library is you find a pamphlet that is titled Useful Utilities for Extracting Contentious Artifacts for the Aos Lore Foundation Electricus. And you open it up and some of it has been damaged or it's fallen into water and it's kind of faded. But there is very clearly a spell written out plain as day nothing wrong with it it is the spell non-detection a third level abjuration spell for the duration you hide a target that you touch from divination magic the target can be a willing creature or place or object no longer than 10 feet in any dimension the target cannot be targeted by any divination magic or perceived through magical scrying sensors it has a duration of eight Mm -hmm. hours you also find this is the other seven because i got two charts going or two tables i should say you also find enhance ability it is a level Mm. two spell and you find it scrawled on a whiteboard and underneath of it it says to remember next time doing experiments (laughs) nice (laughs) so you find those things uh in the library like you know there's a the library also had some like whiteboards and common spaces basically and so those are the things that you're finding there you can now roll again as we move further up the tower to see what else we find after we check in with zothcug so zoth you are still sitting down talking to garlo have you have you met all the other avatars? What are they like? Only once at the council where we determined the cataclysmic ritual. They're all very intriguing. We reflect the gods we represent, if you will. So Kay was very mellow and hospitable, <laughs> very kind, and he's a great host. He makes excellent mixed drinks. <laughs> Setonia was... Very in touch with the weather. Always talking about the weather. It just seems like a preoccupation for her. Um, but also, uh, Satonia is a great listener. Uh, very talented at helping you unravel your own thoughts. 
which for someone like myself is very useful in a friend. Shrub was just a great guy. Heart of gold, always wanted to hang out with people, you know, always wanted to make you feel welcome and like you were a part of something. And now he's dead. So that's a bummer. No. Uh, and he like kind of trails off, like realizing, you know, it's like starting to really wash over him, like the four stages of denial kind of, or of grief yeah. kind of thing as he reckons with the fact that like his behavior is, is part of what costs some of these avatars their lives. You know, that's, that's why we're, we're doing what we're doing. We want to, to bring things back to the way they were. It's certainly not ideal for anyone. A lot of people are missing their connection to the gods. I'm fortunate enough to have been given the premonition needed to begin our quest. I, I pray that we succeed. Well, if we can get the remaining avatars together, then we can contribute. But it seems that you've already been accomplishing a great deal on your own. Yeah, we've definitely tried to slow down the abolis and figure out as much as we possibly can on our on our journey it's definitely not been the easiest of paths i've certainly had my own personal turmoil to deal with but we keep pushing on we keep fighting and we even started our own company four guys adventures and vibes he reads off of your little armband <laughs> yes i like it we jump back to fox fox you are investigating a hidden door that you found in the side of the lobby of the yes um of the Aoslor Foundation Guild Hall. Always love a good secret, good secret compartment. You know, it's just mm, 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 mm. you step into a room that is full of now emptied supply crates and spiked equipment, damaged irreparably. So there's all kinds of magic, like artificer items. They look like the kinds of weapons that the squads of private security goons that you recently fought were using. Like maybe this was a supply closet for them or they found whatever this room was before they found it and repurposed oh. it into kind of like a, a space to like muster. I am instantly looking for whatever green squad had. I, do I see something with a weird looking scope on it? You do see some of those items. Again, all of the weapons they've left behind are, are irreparably spiked unless you can find the blueprints. So you have you now have a broken it's a it's an ice knife sniper rifle is basically what it is ice knife is the spell they were casting you have the broken weapon but you don't yet have the blueprints or the you know an artificer talented enough to repair it but that's half oh, the battle can I, <laughs> can I grab multiple there are only two i will that two is good okay i will strap those to the top right next to my bedroll you are now much wider than you were before they're like you <laughs> know sniper rifle length so you know we're talking probably you know three and a half oh yeah you got you gotta like turn sideways to shimmy through doors <laughs> yeah exactly um however we got a boon um oh we got a boon Ooh. you find a blueprint next to ah! one of the guns <laughs> that's a great boon let's go thank you belly savalas it will require an artificer to put together if only you had one of those mm. if, if only there were a, if an only. artificer in four guys ventures and vibes but you do find the blueprints necessary to repair the ice knives or the ice knife snipers um yes! the iks if you will <laughs> <laughs> the IKS, I love it. I'm writing that down. The X. IKS. IK47. <laughs> and we're going to put down uh, IKS 2.0 because we're going to make it better. Ooh, we're going to improve done. it. <laughs> chat says my job here is done. <laughs> well timed, chat. You deserve yeah, it. A plus. You also see at the back of this supply room, um, you see a couple of torches. So, like, you're now able to literally see. Like, you can light a torch and, okay. and look around. I light a torch. 
Does anything happen? Nothing bad happens or anything like that. However, in the okay. new light of the torch, <laughs> you're able to make out clearly like there's the logo of private security goons that confirms your original suspicion. And you're also able to make out that there is a further chamber of this hidden area. So like it kind of follows the curvature of the tower. So like, you know, if you go left and you're following the, the outside um, circumference of the circle, there's a second chamber attached to this one. And so Ooh, you push your wait. way into. Oh, go ahead. This must have been the way they went out. I'm, I mean, I'm still going to push through but this might be a little dangerous. Yeah, you push open that chamber and we find out what happens when we're done checking in with the others. Jebediah oh, Peppermint, no. you are continuing your search through the tower. Tell me about your rolls. I rolled really good. I got a, uh, I got a 25, no, 26. 26 on my Akarna and 21 on my investigation. I rolled a 17 and a 15. Bro, you're killing it. Here's what we're <laughs> going to do. Matt's going to roll the 2d6 and Trevor's going to roll the 2d4, but this time Already? I'm going to give you the three adjacent spells on the table and you're going to pick which one you find because you rolled so well a five and a four i rolled a one and a two so the first one that you come across are some more scrolls and these are up near the top of the library so they're probably pages that fell out of books in a hasty run or something like that but they are mechanically they're spell scrolls you can choose either another illusory script mage armor or levitate levitate okay levitate to separate that from the fly spell for our listeners levitate is a thing that um only like lifts a thing up and floats it it's not like you have control over yeah, it's yourself. like hovering on the ground yeah it's great for trapping baddies in the air because you can control the elevation Ooh, i'd imagine it's like that scene from indiana jones for like the guy big guy comes with the with the swords and he's swirling them around and you're just like levitate Bye. <laughs> okay. The other things that you find are three more usable pamphlets. The first one is a before you go to work safety pamphlet for the Ember headed to their first few days at work. It has a remove curse uh, incantation written on it. I'm going to tell you the three options, remember. So you're going to pick one of these that you find. Um, okay. It could be a safety briefing for the Luna that says during a dangerous extraction, use this glyph of warding spell to protect your ward as you're on your way out. Or you find a pamphlet called arriving with style for the Tenetricus, which are the mouthpieces of Gomteus. And it has a spell called a Shardalon stride in it. That one you squinted. So I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. The billowing flames of a dragon blast from your feet, granting you explosive speed for the duration. Your speed increases by 20 feet and moving does not provoke opportunity attacks. When you move within five feet of a creature or an object that isn't being worn or carried, it takes 1d6 fire damage from your trail of heat. A creature or object can take this damage only once during a turn. At higher levels, when you cast this spell using a spell slot of fourth level or higher, increase your speed by five feet for each spell slot level above third. The spell deals an additional 1d6 fire damage for each slot level above third wow so it was it was remove curse super speedy fire boots or what was the other one glyph of warding Ward. glyph of warding oof i think i want the i think i want the fire boots like remove curse i think i think zoth can handle that one pretty well glyph of warding i think we're very mobile for to well glyph of warding is really good hmm yeah fire boots Speedy fire boots. <laughs> a Shardalon stride <laughs> is the name of that spell. That brings us back to Zothkug, who is sitting down having a conversation with Garlel. So, um, when did the Abolith first appear? Like, what what made you guys have the first meeting to begin with to create the spell? Like, what happened? What were the events before? Well, we didn't create the spell with the Aboleths in mind. In fact, they shouldn't have been able to get to this universe at all. The Aboleths were banished by the Rod of Seven Parts from our realm. In doing so, the 
magic was so strong that it shattered the rod into its seven component pieces and threw them around the material plane, which is why the gods tasked us with finding them. We actually came together and formed what we called the cataclysmic ritual because Larodith couldn't stop tinkering, an avatar of innovation and, and adaptability, and frankly, I think was getting bored of not having a crisis to solve. And so came to <laughs> us with this cool idea and, you know, the bare pieces of it. And with access to my library of lore and some of the other things, you know, was able to to put all the pieces together. And that's how we were able to create the ritual. However, the Aboleths entering this world, you know, there have been 72 realities and all of them have been undone by a fight with the Aboleths. So 72? Yes. The cosmic fragments of all 72 of those realities rest within the rod that Jebediah carries. Unfortunately, the Aboleths don't forget. They are a a race of beings that form out of the bitter, hated memories of their predecessors. And so when one is destroyed, it's only a matter of time until their held knowledge and abilities coalesce into another. But we thought we had barred them from this universe. However, perhaps something stronger, like Larodith's new tinkering cataclysmic ritual, would do the job. So you can't actually get rid of the Abelus for good, because they'll just keep respawning with the same information and knowledge the previous one had and continue to... That has been the case up until now. But perhaps it merely requires intervention from a non-godly participant. And he looks down at you and kind of smiles a little bit like, (laughs) maybe it's the interesting ideas that you can bring to the forefront. And Owlin is like bouncing up and down trying to suggest (laughs) and make scientific contributions, but like they're not able to. And he goes, if only we knew anyone who was, you know, had the engineer's brain who might be able to contribute to the spells that we're going to use. Like he's clearly having fun just toying with Owlin a little bit. Yeah, I I don't think we know anyone like that. Maybe we'll meet someone along the way. Maybe so. We'll jump back from there to Fox. Fox has found a second chamber. Oh, we're rolling the tension pool. Uh Uh-oh. Chat's done it. Just as we get back to Fox, too. As he opens another hidden door. Okay. You open the hidden door, and you feel a slight breeze on your cheek, even though there is no outside access from this room. You have 30 seconds to decide what to do. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Slight breeze, and I don't see any access in this room. No. Do I see anything else? Sure. Looking around the room, you also see there's like a indentation into the wall on the far side of it, almost like a it's like a vertical line with some kind of ornamentation or something on it. And then there's also along the walls next to that are some plaques um, with like different things written on them, but you don't really have time to read them. Your 30 seconds are up. You have not taken an action. And so the ambient gust of wind awakened by the presence of an intruder begins flipping rubble at you. Roll a dexterity save. Oh my goodness. That is a 19. Can't be a rogue if I can't dodge a couple rocks. It flings eight things at you, and you dodge all but one of them. But it does right. deal max damage on the die, so that's 10 points of damage as a chunk of rubble just thuds right into the side of your face. As the last one hits you, though, it's like it goes still in the room again. It seems like the effect has ended and probably won't trigger again. So I'm using Uncanny Dodge to have that because okay. I saw it coming. Sure. I'm assuming. It's probably and because still... you had the two, um, the two sniper rifles sticking off of your shoulder. You like thought you were going to dodge, but you ran into a wall because you're wider than you expect. So... Um, I'm still falling unconscious. No way. Um, So that's why I was like, at the first hint of danger, I should leave. And I was going to say I probably should leave, but then you were describing it and I was waiting. 
and I shouldn't have waited. I'm at negative one health points after taking half damage. Ah, rip. You're going to roll your death saves, but not tell us what you roll. So you're the only one who knows until something happens. Yep. Should I start? Uh, we'll come back to we'll come back to you and have you roll your first death save the next time we check in with Fox. Okay. Uh, we hop over to Jebediah Peppermint. What's Jeb up to? So does that conclude? I mean, that was like two pilfering sessions. Is that like for each of those rooms? Does that conclude what I've able to get in here? Or that's what, what you found in the that's what you found in the library. But you could still move up from the library through that lobby area and into the. Oh, I haven't even gotten into the artificing room. Right. Yeah, you haven't even gotten there yet. Oh, okay. In, in fact, um, what's your passive perception? It doesn't even matter what your passive perception is. He left the room open, so on your way up through the lobby, you see the big open yeah, door um, that Fox yeah. left behind him as he went into the secret room. Hey, Fox. Um, I'm going to poke around in here a little bit. Have you, uh, have you looked around and like, you find anything cool yet? Hey pup. Hello. I'm going to, you pull up, uh, the blunderbuss and point it down the door and cast message at Fox and say, Hey pup. Um, can you hear me? Um, I just finished up in the library down below and I'm coming through the artificer room. Boof. He shoots it off. Nothing comes back. Uh, maybe he went up top. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to point it up at the ceiling, like out the, out the door up to the next floor. Do the same thing. You don't get any reply. Huh. Well, just to make sure this thing's working, I'm going to p- point it down towards the library and shoot a message to Zoth and say, Hey, Zoth, um, there's, a, there's a new door that's going to open it to the side here in the, the artificing area with the... Dang, that umber oak smells. With the, uh, but I think Zoth... I mean, I think Fox might be going that way. Uh, just I'm going to check it out, but just so you know where I went. You hear it. Is this one I can reply? Yeah, yeah you can, you can okay. reply to this message. Oof. All right, man. If you need me, just... You know where I am. Okay, and I'm gonna check out the door. All right, Hello? and we'll we'll check Hello? in with you in the next room when we get back to Jebediah Peppermint. So that brings us back to Zoth, who is sitting down talking to Garlo. Um, do you is there anything that we should know about the Ablis that we don't know? Like we know they have mind control powers. We know their slime is not good and can can harm, but. Yeah, we haven't been able to gather a crazy amount on that. I mean, it seems like you know the essentials. The the slime, as you mentioned, will it's toxic and will poison you. Um, it forces you to grow gills so that you can only breathe underwater, which is a good way for them to enslave people. Chat has granted a boon. We'll get to that in a second, um, which is a good way for them to enslave people because it forces them to stay in the water where they are susceptible to the aboleths. That's definitely an aspect of, of the way they fight. Also, tactically, they prefer to use their minds and their subjects to fight than to fight themselves. For an Aboleth to enter the fray itself is is pretty rare. We've uh, had a bit of trouble with the um, the whole mind control part. The best we've got so far is just bopping someone when we suspect it, but that is kind of tedious and uh, doesn't doesn't bode well for people who are new to our group and so do you have any way of or ideas about counteracting the abolis in that way uh we had someone who was working on a device that could but i was just wondering your thoughts. i think personally as the avatar of the god of chaos bopping them on the heads a pretty good idea but uh you could you know if they start behaving strangely i you know if this is someone you know i'm sure you could you know just use some of your insight to try and determine whether they're behaving properly or not another thing that you could try is you could try and get them to do something counter to the aboleth's intentions i suppose the aboleth's might be crafty enough to like allow them but that's a way that you could test it also we didn't think to try that 
That's good insight. And then we jump over to Fox, who's going to roll his next, or I guess his first death save, and he's not going to tell us how it goes. I have rolled it. He has rolled it. It has been rolled. It has been calculated. And that brings us to Jebediah Peppermint, who steps into a supply room, basically. It's got a bunch of emptied out supply crates, and there are some weapons that have been spiked. You find some interesting little, like, artifice tool-looking things. They've got the logos of the private security goons on them. What do you mean? What do you mean spiked? I feel like that's a common term that I should understand, but I don't. Yeah, spiked just means disabled. So, like, if you spike a cannon emplacement before the army takes your wall, it means that you've destroyed the cannon in a way that it cannot be repaired. I Um, gotcha, I gotcha. Man, that little, man, that, that scope on the top of this thing, that would be really nice to have on one of my blunderbusses. That's a bummer. And I'm going to... Hey, Fox. Hello, pup. You in here? I'm going to peek around through the other door. In this room, you still don't hear any response from Fox. You peek through the other door, and you feel a gust of wind blowing on your cheek. You have 30 seconds. 30 seconds? Yep. Fox is also laying on the ground in this room. But yeah, you have 30 seconds to decide what you do when you feel a gust of wind on your cheek, but no source of wind is visible. Um, I'm going to back out of the room and just like around the corner. Yeah, you back out of the room and the little wind feeling on your cheek subsides. And maybe 10 seconds later, you suddenly see about eight random pieces of rubble fly out of the room towards like not onto you but like towards the yeah. door they fly fling out of the room and thud against the wall behind you and then everything goes still again you peek around the corner your little hat precedes you as you peek around the corner and yeah. uh now there's nothing happening in the room but you do see just like fox did um there are several plaques on the wall to your left the curving wall of the tower itself and then at the end of the room there's some kind of depression in the wall it's vertical it's about one shin long it has some kind of weird ornamentation at the top and on the floor um unconscious with like a rock right next to him is fox Okay, the, if this wasn't dangerous, I would be laughing a lot right now. Um, Just bleeding from the forehead on the ground. Yeah, yeah, you know, as you do. If I step into the to the doorway, do I feel the the wind on my cheek again? No, you don't. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of scuttle my way in, kind of stay low to the ground, and and like tug on his foot, foot like, hey, pup. Yeah, nothing pup, happens. Okay. Um, and then he starts ruffling through his bag. Oh, dang it! I don't. I think I gave Zoth all of my stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and I uh, scuttle up towards the top of his, the the top of him, and uh, I pull out the little jar of ointment that I have, and and I like massage it into the big dent in his head, <laughs> and kind of like you know shampoo massage a little bit, and kind of kind of squeegee the blood out of his hair, and uh, what a nice bond. That is moment. a nice bonding moment for you too. Uh, Fox, you regain 2d8 plus 2 hit points, which you can roll on your own. Um, And you are obviously awake again. So Fox wakes back up as you use Kyoto's magic point. Yeah, patting him on the cheek. Hey, hey, pup, what you you sleeping for, dog? Uh, My head. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. You should probably probably uh, shapeshift that, uh, that dent out of your skull. My guy. What? Uh, uh, There you go. All right. (laughs) Can't really stop the bleeding, though. That Uh, was literally uh, impressive. That was that was very very impressive. What do you? You got beaned by by a pebble, my guy. What's uh? I I don't know. I walked into the room all of a sudden, like everything started flying at me. This huge gust of wind, and I and now you're here. Yeah. I I guess I I should be a lot more careful, man. I didn't realize how much that. Going through all the, the the fire and and the and the 
fight we had it took a lot well, out yeah, of me man the adrenaline probably still pumping you know you probably <sighs> feel a lot better than you actually are here give me your hand i'm gonna like pull him up to his feet thanks <sighs> yeah whoa wow you're you're pretty you're pretty dense to been able to pull me up man didn't uh hey uh, yeah I'm, I'm deceptively husky underneath this loose jacket <laughs> Uh, thanks for pulling me up. Uh, Not really. I'm just small. It's all about leverage. I'm using your own weight against you. What are those things on your back? Those things look oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I take my backpack off. Um, so yeah, I, I, I found these. Um, they're damaged, but I thought maybe you and Alan might be able to do something with them. Yeah, so I mean, it's like I can't I leave without them. I hold one of them in my hands and I'm like, man, this thing's pretty complicated. I mean, if we had some sort of blueprint or something that we could probably do something mm-hmm. in this and state. And you mean this blueprint? <laughs> Pull out of my back pocket. Hey. There you oh, go. Yeah. There Two you steps go. ahead. That's Fox for you. Ow. Well, one step ahead and I point at your head. Yeah, I shouldn't have tapped my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, could you imagine it? I'm we're we're oh, in a I can fight it. and you're we're like you're it's just you and Alan maybe and it's just like you're in danger but then you're like and then and then you know they start to fight and you're like no and, and they're like you can't fight me and they're like what and then I boom snipe them from like all the way across a mountain could you imagine yeah I mean that literally happened to me and I like almost died once so <laughs> yeah I can it's like a pretty clear image it was only like an hour ago. Oh, well, uh, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but I mean, it's, it'd be nice to be on the other end of that. Right. You know? So could I you think... imagine if you found one of those little things that let them crawl on the ceiling? Dude, you on the ceiling would be a force to be reckoned with. Dude, do you think do you think if I start? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start digging in here, but be careful because I'm I'm worried that this is the escape route. You're, you're worried that know. I'm going to be neglectful and get hit in the head of the rock. Is that what you're worried about? <laughs> you know, Don't you worry. It in like if that. a rock flies out, it's just going to go over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll jump back to Zothkug, who's now talking to oh. Garlo. Um, <laughs> um, I wanted to show you this. Uh, the remnants of Crescendo, and I pull out, I'll uh, uh, show him the, the pot with the plant in it. Um, but yeah, before uh, we got the rod, this was by basically source of magic uh the the plant has leaves with magic imbued in them from crescendo and i was shown by a, my conid how to take care of it and everything so i've been carrying it with me and it's it's been very very kind and a a, a blessing to say the fascinating least. creatures my conids and he takes the plant from you and he's like looking through it with you and you know you've you've done a great job tending it and you know just sort of acknowledging the the plant as you go um, have you any other questions for me? Yeah. Uh, what are the gods like? Like you obviously see your God. Um, have you met the others? Uh, what's that process? Where do you meet? I've not met the others. Um, but when I communicate with Gomteus, it is usually at one of the places of worship and we communicate through storms. And so he generally takes the form of a thundercloud uh, that you know forms the shape of of his head as he's speaking, and he usually speaks in the form of a dragon's head. It's pretty impressive. Like, like That's I'm fair. I'm into style and stuff. And he like looks down at his suit, maybe a little bit too <laughs> much, but like the talking dragon head in a cloud thing. That's pretty cool. That is cool. There's just so much we don't know. But there's lots that we do. Uh, 
Well, there was. There he is. looks up at his destroyed library. Maybe we can find some of those books again. Uh, do you want to go to the library? See what's left? I might be well enough to walk up there. Let's see if we can find anything. Alan, if you have any other uh, specific questions, feel free to write them down. Alan is now crouching over the disfigured runes that were imprisoning him, and he motions Garl all over and, you know, kind of points at them and then, like, shrugs his hands like, what? And Garl goes, well, it's some form of the ancestor magic to what you are able to use here that they would have used to imprison me. But there seems to be a spoke of this trap for each of the eight schools of magic. And then, of course, the, the two secondary schools as well are represented here and here. So I imagine that it's just a concentration of magical force. And they were using it sort of like a lodestone where this magical force and the magic that I carried within me were forced together in it. It pulled me into the ground. Alan nods very scientifically, you know, takes some notes or something. I don't know. Jake, sorry. <laughs> um, and then we jump back up to Fox and Jebediah, who are now together so, in this secondary hidden room. I just thought I would add real quick. Um, when you said, like, where do, we, where do you meet? I was just imagining, he's like, oh, you know, down at the local bar, you know, we get a couple of pints, talk about godly things. <laughs> yeah, the other guys, oh, they're real chill. We throw some darts. You know how it is. I've already picked clean the room, right? The previous room, yes. Okay. In this room, again, now that you're awake and not under attack, there are three plaques along the left wall. Each of them just has, they look like the sort of the creeds or the tenets of the Gomtean faith in there, you know, Amplector, Prochea, Ventus, Polier. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the sort of room, there is, again, that vertical depression in the wall. Now that you have time to examine it, Jeb, you're the first one to realize it's the same height as the piece of the rod of seven parts that you have, but this one is ornamented differently as if there was perhaps a, a piece of the rod of seven parts was pressed into the wall here at one point and is now missing. The depression is shaped like a dragon's head, like the ornamentation at the top of this section of the rod of many of seven parts is shaped like a dragon's head. Huh. So do we need to find another rod? This? I mean, there's. Does that mean they have a rod? Well, I mean, if we think about when this place was built, that like way back when it was built, with the intent for something for this rod to go here, Jeb's just gonna like try to fit the the piece of the rod that he has into it to see if anything happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Yeah, this is huh. Hmm. Uh, Jeb, make an Arcana check. I'm good at those. I'm gonna Let's see if my see if my luck runs out. Looking at the edges of the depression. Oh, Sixteen. That's a twenty-five. Uh, Fox roll investigation and then we'll come to what you find when Jeb's done. Oh, sure. come on, Mr. Rogue. Somebody rolled over a 20. Ooh, I'm so shocked. Jeb, Mr. Rogue over here. You are able to determine kind of just looking at the way it's built and the way it relates to the room and stuff that this looks like a power source. Like the rod was being used to power something. You are able to infer that it was probably what held up the Aoslor Foundation Tower when it was floating. Ooh. For the tower to fall would not, like the tower wouldn't have fallen when magic disappeared because the rod was holding it up. Someone must have manually Someone removed the rod Fox. from the tower. Someone sabotaged this place. At the same time as you have that revelation, Fox, what'd you roll on your investigation? I got an 11. You got an 11. So at the same time as you have that revelation, Fox is, he starts out looking around the edges of the depression I mean, in the wall trying to figure out what he's looking at, but you're actually distracted by something else on the ground maybe a few feet away from where the rod would have been attached to the wall and clearly too dusty to be new. Like this has been there for maybe three years is a Ooh. small Pez candy. Oh, I pick it up. Like, Fox, huh. I think I've discovered something, something incredibly like what? complex and arcane. What did you find over there? I, I think I found a candy that too is complex <laughs> and arcane. I might try it. If it's, if it's like a hard candy, I might be able to like brush it off. You know, I don't know. 
that it might still be usable. I mean, you know what they say, five decade rule. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but you were saying something about sabotage, and I, 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 I want to say, like, that's kind of obvious, given what happened well, three years ago. I mean, I don't know, man, because that means that, well, I mean, like, if this thing was powered by, by uh, one of the rods, it would have stayed up. Really? Well, well, think about it. Like the rod. Okay, I mean, all right. So, the rod contains its own weave, which means that when magic went away during the darkening, anything right without a weave, like that magic ceases. And we always thought that the mount, you know, the this whole place dropped. But if this place was held up by a piece of the rod that was supplying its own weave, that should not have stopped. That should have continued to. Oh. Which means that somebody or somehow this was removed. Either I like I doubt Garlow. I'm, I'm sure he knows about this. If it, if this is like his place, I doubt he would have come in here and, and yoinked it and tanked this place that to makes the ground. So much sense, though. That but who would have taken it? That must have been. Well, it had to have been the whole like the people behind this, right? This because. He Garlow mentioned that when the tower fell, people were ready to ambush. Oh, I didn't hear him say that. Which means it was coordinated. Yeah, it was it was a coordinated strike, which means someone was on the inside when it fell. Okay, here's another thing. Um, the rod that I have, the aboliths had it, and we got it from them, which means it's not beyond the scope of reason that they are incapable they of unlocking them, so they might have this one too locked away somewhere and are unable to activate it. I don't I don't I don't know. But it's not without you know outside the gut Yeah, it's not unreasonable to think that that they would have taken it. And if you think about it, they would of course try to keep them separate because you know if you have a single point of failure of you know if I if I brought But it's the gotta paint, be somewhere big. It's got to be someplace yeah. with really tight security. I mean, this was at the at the the center of uh, of Tumbleweb, like in in the heart of their operate. Like this was right next door to their lair. Oh yeah. So where would well, well shoot, we gotta we gotta tell Garlow. We gotta tell we gotta tell Zoth and Alan. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, I mean, I don't I don't think there's. I'm not seeing really much else. Oh wait, well, I think I got enough dust off this. Do you think it's like clean enough? I mean, you want me to run detect magic on it? It's it's a piece of candy. yeah, but I mean, it would have like dissolved by now, or something would have eaten it, bugs or something. Maybe it's a really hard piece of candy. I mean, sure, but I mean, I could I could do a detect magic on it real quick and see if it's something. I I, I guess that's safe. I I, I could see your logic. Yeah, I'm gonna take a minute and uh and cast detect magic on it. Um, and it's gonna like it's gonna do everything in the area too. So it, like a, like a sweep of the area. Uh, one of the things that I am, or two of the things that I'm particularly interested in, is that uh, that brass ring that has the clouds on it, and and this candy. I'm I'm very interested in the earring. You detect I'm detecting trace amounts of fabulousness. <laughs> well, obviously, trace amounts of suave. Ooh, yeah, debonair, debonair. <laughs> Transmutation <laughs> is coming from the earring. Mm, well, I'll I'll pocket mm. that again. The candy has very 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 faint 
traces of evocation magic on it, but the evocation magic doesn't seem to be coming from the candy itself. It's almost like the candy was near something that had evocation and there are leftover traces of that magic. Lastly, you detect one more piece of magic and this is the Ooh. boon that chat cast a little while ago. I've been waiting to get back to this room to give it to you. Ooh. Um, uh, oh, ooh, ooh. A room boon. You detect just a little bit of evocation magic left back in that room where all of the other supply crates were. Chat just granted another boon. <laughs> we'll come back to that uh, one in a second. We'll give that one to Zoth. Um, you detect just a little bit more evocation um, magic. Out so there. it looks like the candy itself isn't magic, but it's got some traces of evocation, which is like Bernie Bang Boom stuff. Uh, which means it might have come from or been near something that was Bernie Bang Boom. Um, so you're you're probably fine to eat it. You might like I don't know, rot your teeth or something. I don't I don't know. But... I don't know. Bernie Bang Boom sounds like something. Well, I Well, definitely wanna... not unless I'm casting it our enemies. But you know, it's like that. It's not that. It's like either the dust that's on it, so like wash it off or something, or it's Ooh. like maybe the dispenser that it came out you know, of. That's, that's perfect. Or, you know, like if it was like a gumball machine or something. Let me let me pull out my water skin, just rinse this off. Maybe there's a magic item around here that just infinitely dispenses okay. candy. Evocation I'm gonna, candy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, nah, I'm gonna try it. I, I mean, come on. This is like knowledge was here, right? I'm all out of ointment. I'm all out of magic ointment. I can't be that bad. It's a candy. Well, <laughs> what was really bad was I was I used all the rest of my only healing ointment to to patch up your skull. Uh, fair. While you're considering your life choices, I'm gonna go look at something that kind of fired off over here uh, that it gave me a little ping. Oh. Okay. You step into the other room, and uh, you see a fist-sized chunk of amethyst laying on the ground behind a couple other crates and boxes and things. <laughs> It was hidden underneath of like some other rubble and stuff. Hey, how did you how did you miss this amethyst? It's it's huge. It's like the size of your fist. No, I didn't miss that. I I just <laughs> I was coming back for it. Yeah. I pick it up. What's it look like and what kind of school am I and I'm am I getting off you of? You were getting I think evocation, but it might be um conjuration that's on these ones. I can't remember. Um okay. cuz it has effects, but it's they're not spells. Um, gotcha, gotcha. It is a fist-sized chunk of amethyst. On the inside of the amethyst, as you look at it, like kind of the reflection or the, the kind of light glinting off of it from the torch that Fox has now lit, it almost looks like the shadow of a dragon flies through it. Mm. Well, that seems significantly spooky and potentially useful. We're going to have to sit down with this and uh, figure out what it all does. Definitely looks cool. We'll put, that in, in the, put that in the assess later bag. Fair enough. Uh, Fox, are you eating the candy or are you not eating the candy? It's like consuming consuming ancient candy has never hurt you in the past, right? You know what? Yeah, Jeb, you make a good argument. And I, I immediately I don't, eat it. But it's okay. <laughs> I immediately eat it. Okay. I'm going to give you guys an option here to use the boon that chat gave you three minutes ago <laughs> oh, for no. me to connect the dots on the clue that you just ate without connecting the dots of. Or I can give a boon to Zoth like I was planning originally. We already gave Zoth a boon, and we don't want to be stingy with the boons. We want we don't want two boons, Fox, do we? We don't need two boons. No. What are boons? Why are we talking about where are we? What is this place? Wait, this so metaverse. I'm not sure which decision that means you want to do. <laughs> um I, I think we've decided I'm not uh, about that boon life. Yeah. That we're going to give it to Zoth. Oh, how thoughtful. You you eat the little Pez candy and you roll a constitution save. <laughs> Woo! 
constitution is not my best stat. It was my dump stat, and I got a six. <laughs> it's super dusty, but otherwise fine. I'm scared for my life, but it tasted fine. It's it's like um. What did it taste like? It's a literal Pez. Like it's just like a block of sugar. Mm, it's like <laughs> very sugary. But now it's sugar and dust. So I, I, like I don't think I got enough dust out of it though. But it's, it's does it taste sugar. like yellow dye? I, it, it just kind of tastes like powdered sugar. With like maybe a little bit of oh, yeah. hint of well, I can't really taste the flavoring. It must have had a flavoring, but it's just dusty now. Taste dust. Yeah, we used to have some candies like that back in in Tumbleweb. It was like a, a big piece of paper, and they would just put little dots of like sugar candy on it. You would like peel them off, but it like doesn't really taste like anything. It's just like sweet, and then whatever color it is on there. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like that. Kind of like that, except with dust. With dust, yeah. Well, I mean, that actually might be a little bit of an improvement. Hey, you got a you got a little piece of history floating around inside you right now. Hey, I I am history hey. now. I am That's history. Right. You are you are you are a relic of the ages. You are you are now a monument. <laughs> oh, yeah. of our age. And so we jump back to Zothkug and Garlil, who are wandering through the library. Zothkug, your boon, as promised. Yay! As you're wandering through the library, Garlil stops and goes. I think one of them survived. And he crouches down and picks up a holy text of Kelnor. And nope. in the he's like flipping through the, the holy text and he goes, come on, it's got to be in here. Yes, I think this would be useful to you. And he hands you a page and on it has a spell which you instantly learn called Beacon of Hope. I already have that spell. Oh, rip you, dude. <laughs> Just kidding. How about you pick any second level spell from the cleric list? Oh, cool. Ooh. I will do that. And you can add that to your, your list then, because I don't know what your spell list is, so we could do this all day. Yeah, you're good. I will be redoing my spell list now with Zoth's uh, introspective experience. Mm. Uh, next long rest. We just haven't had a long rest for a while. Yes. Uh, <laughs> resting has been hard to come by for you. <laughs> We've already asked Jake's questions, so if you have any other questions for him, you can ask them, and otherwise you can just kind of slowly make your way up the tower to reconnect with the guys. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> is there anything you, you need from us? Garlo. Just to be taken to the Cavarites so that I can catch a ride to Thrax and Howe and begin my recovery and then my vengeance. Yes, and we will free the avatars. Um, do you need us to come with you all the way to Thrax and Howe? Once I am among the dragons, I will be quite safe. Uh, oh, yeah. We go way back. <laughs> Is um Flying isn't magical for, for like you and like transforming, right? Well, I've probably used too much of my power for it to be worth transforming back into a dragon. But no, those of us who are still dragons can, you know, they have wings, so they just flap those yeah. and that's how they fly. I figured. That's good. And then we jump back up to Fox and Jim. <laughs> wings go flap and dragon go boom. Fox is like on some dusty candy. Uh, and otherwise you're you're standing there jeb is holding a chunk of amethyst fox before you leave the room to go in and look at the chunk of amethyst you do notice there is one more door hidden in the side of this room opposite the plaques <gasps> jeb 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 bingo 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 what'd you figure out what the thing was no i found a door oh okay hey i'll shut out uh hey i was thinking 15 to investigate the door go ahead jeb what if, what if with that thing that you ate was one of those little dusty pills that howlin has that like sucks up water what if you just like ate five cubic feet of water wouldn't that be hilarious <laughs> come on i would have tasted that five. i mean like I'd either maybe, i'd be drying out like the desert or i'd be like gushing no water. no like if it like I remember him saying, like you throw it in water and it like sucks it all up and turns it into a little crunchy pill. And if you like crunch it, it like breaks out into. You, did you swallow the thing or did you like chew it up? No, I, I chewed on it. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. 
Yeah. Because then you would have like vomited five cubic feet of water in my face and that wouldn't have been fun. I, yeah, I, I don't think it would have been fun for either of us. But uh, yeah. Thought experiment. That was fun. Uh, how, how's, I think this door might be dot, dot, dot. You think it might be trapped. In fact, you're pretty sure there's a <laughs> oh. uh, contact poison on the, like the, there's only a little hidden depression in the wall that you push to activate the door. And you're pretty sure even pushing in that little hidden button, like there's contact poison on there. All right, don't touch this door, Jeb. I have an idea. Yeah, sometimes I have a little hidden depression. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go find uh, a rock that would fit in the depression and just kind of use the rock as a median to exert my presence and control on this door. Uh, roll slate of hand to see if you can do the job delicately enough to not. <laughs> you want me to roll a slate of hand as a rogue? That is a 21, of course. <laughs> yeah, so you're able to push in the, the little depression and the door. This one, it just vanishes. It's like the door was an illusion. Oh. On the other side is a new rough hewn ramp slash staircase leading up to the surface blinding light after all of your time in the darkness is shining down it um from this is moonlight but it's like blinding moonlight Whoa. shining down it uh on you and as it illuminates you you need to roll a dexterity save as at the top of the stairs red squad fires a gun at you yeah that's a uh, 18 all right you successfully dive to the side as a revolver shot ricochets off the floor you hear one of their voices up there go just throw it and let's go and then you hear something boom 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 bouncing down the Jeff, stairs towards run! you I, i'm immediately running for the exit <laughs> not the upstairs but the the other uh, the back in i'm going back in i mean i, I push jeb if he doesn't move <laughs> you both make it back into the like open lobby area just as behind you, something explodes with incredible force. It flings dust and debris and rubble out the side, like out the door that you just came through. And you see this whoosh of fire gush out of it. When you look back in at the end of the explosion, the whole ceiling has caved in, blocking off the, the external access. Wow. Um, man, I, I didn't even see that explosion. I was too busy walking away from it. Running, running away. Um, so I guess we're going out the, the way we came in. You are, you are like incredibly calm. Like I, like, I'm sorry if I'm talking very loud, but my ears are ringing right now, man. Like that, what, what how are you just so like back at neutral right now? Like what is going on? We cut down to Zoth and Garlo who are both looking upwards, <laughs> having just heard this huge explosion and they can't actually hear what he's saying, but you can hear the muffled yells of Jebediah trying to talk over his ringing ears. We should probably go look at that. Definitely. Right? That's probably, yeah, we should yeah. probably. Okay. Like they we're usually fine, but you know, and the off chance that they're not. The two of you go, like, walk up to the other two. Owlin is still, like, crouched over the, the trap, like, inscribing notes and stuff, and perhaps is also deaf in addition to being hoarse because he doesn't do anything at first. But once you've left the room, he realizes and hustles to catch up. He's just a little bit behind. Zoth, you emerge to see a very dusty lobby, and there is, like, there is a secret door, but behind it is just, like, a pile of rubble and dirt. There's not, like, a room over there or anything. You can see Fox and Jeb are still standing there yelling to each other, and Fox has these two really long cylindrical things sticking off of his bedroll. Um, I'm gonna lean up to Jeb's ear. All right, Jeb, can you hear me? What? 
all right, never mind. I lean closer. I get like really close. Like my furry ears are like in his mouth. <laughs> what? Can you hear just, me? Just, just sign. Just. I, I, I just point. I, big I, boom. I, big boom. I, ears. No work. Jeb, roll a d4. Three. All right, that's how many minutes of real lifetime it takes for your ears to stop ringing. Amazing. Uh, I, 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 uh, Maybe we should go back. I uh, yes, yes, we okay. should go back. <laughs> right behind you, Zoth, Greg, and Garlo are just standing there listening to you yell to each other. Zoth, what what happened, guys? All right, so um, we found this cool room, and I found. Look what I found! It's it's the thing that the Green Squad people were using against us. It's broken, but I think maybe Owlin and Jeb here can fix it. I, right, Jeb? Why are you shouting, man? Yeah, on his head. It was on his head. Am I? Am A I? Big, am big I shouting? Bump. You both are. Uh, is is, is I, I I can't even hear myself when I'm talking. Like, am I whispering right now? Yeah, he shoved me out of the way when the thing <laughs> went off. He was shoving. <sighs> Uh, yeah, no, we went and we found some cool stuff and, and then, and then we found a, a secret door and then I found another secret door and another and, and then there was a bomb and a, and the red, it was red team and they shot at us. The shot came first and then the bomb and you know, it just, it just, it was a lot happening and, and you know, it just, we should probably leave. Hey, Fox, you should tell him about the bomb, the big <laughs> thing that went off. Like, that's why we can't hear. What? Why'd you hey, say, Garlo, Jack? Yeah. did you know about the rod thing making this place float? <laughs> he nods. Are you talking about the snipers, Did Jack? you take it? No. Yeah, Somebody I know the snipers are really good. He shrugs trying to convey to you, I don't know who took it, but I do know it's been taken. We should find it. I think the snipers are cool too. <laughs> I don't like tuna. He nods. <laughs> but we should move on to the ride. Garlisle, did you know about the, the sabotage? <laughs> Somebody stole the rod. Garlo nods very patiently. But I'm not sure what Jeff, he why ate. Why didn't it. you start with that? I don't know why you ate it. I didn't tell you to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, that was an exit, by the way, but now we gotta go up. Yeah, they were spider walking on the ceiling, and I said it would be really cool if you had one of those ciphers, too. Yeah, I know it's cool I have a sniper rifle, but we need to move on. We have bigger things going on. Yeah, I know. What, but why is it important that Garlel was bigger before? I think it's easier for him to walk through here when he's small. <laughs> What? No, we don't have time to sit down and eat. I mean, we, if you we think gotta, we should, we, we can sit down and eat. <laughs> what? Why is that the one that you understand? <laughs> Carl says, looking at you, fresh. Because my three minutes is up and my ears are stopping ringing. Was that? Was I yelling? Um, yeah, a little bit. Sorry. What do you? I I wasn't yelling, right? No, you were. Well, now that we've got all that cleared up. Oh. Um. Yeah. I think we, we went over everything, right? It sounds like you were attacked by someone. Yeah. yeah. Well, didn't you hear us? Who, who was out there? I didn't see anything. Like, you just, like, we went through in the door and you yelled um, and it was, yoinked me away and we were kind of out of there. It was the red people. Oh, the red oh, squad. red people. Oh. <laughs> I was like, we yeah, haven't no. met any red people. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. It was red squad. And they shot at me. Um, and, and then I heard the, like, just throw it down there and I heard the thunk, thunk, thunk. And that's when I was like, we gotta go. Oh, well, I'm glad we went. You encountered these people before. They were the ones who were 
keeping us from getting to you sooner. Yeah, yeah literally like an hour ago. So some of the security forces lived. Yes. We did not uh, eliminate them per se. We just... They ran like cowards. Yeah. We survived. Are they still here, Fox? I, I mean, they, they blew up the only exit that's from there, so I'm assuming... I mean, they might still be... I doubt... Would they be waiting for us? I feel like they really wanted to kill us. They would have came back down. This seems like a retreat to wait for reinforcements to me. Oh. So we should all leave. Wait, yeah. did any of them go up the so way we came from? They went out the roof of that one uh, of the artificer room. There was like a hole in the roof or something, or a hole up that they went out that way. All right, because if they, I'm not, I'm gonna start. We should go back traps. out the way we came in through the vent. They're probably not going to be aware of that vent. Like Alan was the only one that knew about it. That's true. But our cipher truck is sitting out there. Uh, yeah, we don't want them to get a hold of that. Our cipher truck. Uh, immediately, Fox starts like running. Uh, he's. I'm gonna roll at disadvantage for checking for traps as I just run, and I got uh, a eight. <laughs> as I just try to book it the way we came from. Are the rest of you following him, or is he going off on his own? And then you're like walking casually. Uh, I'll follow. I imagine. I will. I will casually walk at Garlel's pace since he's kind of like worn out. Yeah, Garlel's not strong enough to run. So the two of you are walking, the two of you are running. Zoth, you're a little bit behind Zoth because he, or behind Fox because he had got kind of a head start on you yeah. when he panicked and took off. But you're running the same pace as each other. Fox, you make it the whole way through the room where all the artifice rooms and stuff like that are the work rooms. You're, you're through that part. You climb, you scrabble over all the debris, whatever. You go through into the cafeteria, climb over bits and pieces of the cafeteria, and you run into the storage room, which, remember, is also the barracks. The, there's a central spire that are the sleeping quarters, and then around the outside of it is the storage area. Right. As you run into that room, you see a little um, pillow like just nestled into one of the shattered windows of the barracks. And as you see the pillow, you hear a voice in the back of your head go, there, there, it's only a nightmare, little one. It can't hurt oh, you Oh, hell here. no, I'm not about ghosts. And then it manifests an echo of the thing you're most afraid oh, of no! as you sprint through. <laughs> So whatever Fox is most afraid of, all of a sudden the, the whole world around you disappears and you are running straight towards that thing. Oh, oh, it's, I literally just got shot straight up in the air. Spiders are literally flying spiders are coming after me. It's, yeah. You feel the spiders crawling over you, but what's actually happened and what Zothkug can see is that he's jumped into the air, fallen flat on his face onto some of the sharper rubble and is now writhing and sliding down a hill of rubble trying to stop. Uh, Fox, you take. Let's kill Fox again. Let's kill Fox again. <laughs> uh, I just want to know if a flying spider is like an eight-legged spider with wings, or does it have eight little wings instead of legs? That's a good question. It's very important. Yeah, this is. I think we it's need to question. stop yeah. right now and discuss this. <laughs> well, I mean, Fox, what are you uh, afraid of? Fox, yeah, you like, take. Fox, you take nine points of psychic damage before the nightmare finally wears off at the bottom of the hill. Okay. Are you a negative one again? I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm not dead. Zothkug, as you approach into the room and obviously are stunned to see Fox falling, as you walk towards him, you see the same pillow and you hear the same voice in the back of your head. There, there, it's only a nightmare, little one. It can't hurt you here. But since you're taking your time a little bit more, you have 30 seconds. Could I back away from the sound or like go around it? Uh, yeah, you can back away from it. As you step back from it, the voice gets softer and then eventually it disappears from your mind. And you kind of give the pillow like a wide berth as you walk towards Fox and you make it over to him. Is he okay? I try and shake him. He's back now. He's just laying on the ground. He's got a bunch of little <sighs> tiny cuts on him. Fox man, are you okay? I I don't want to talk about it. What happened? I literally 
Just said, I don't want to talk about it. You gotta let these out, man. You can't bottle them up. You know what needs to be let out? What? Us out of this place so we can get to the cypher truck. All right, man. Get on up. And Zoth will just, like, kind of heft you up. As Garlil and Jeb walk into the room, Garlil goes, still, would be a shame not to find anything cool in this room. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Me and Garlil were like, on the, on the starts uh, looking same around. wavelength. Uh, I mean, it's probably mostly broken, but, you know. On one hand, the cypher truck, but on the other hand... I'm already uh, looking. Uh, roll your investigation and your arcana, please. <laughs> I rolled an 18 and a 14, so that's 27 and 20. Find two potions of greater healing, and you find a scroll. It's attached to a clipboard, and on the clipboard, it just says um, storeroom manager, like up at the top of it, like it's labeled for the storeroom manager, and it has it's a scroll of locate object. Fox, are you searching? What are I, you doing? I'm, I'm a little, like, I'm limping. I'm in no condition to fight off anything at the Cybertruck, and everybody else is searching, so... I think my decision's made for me. Zoth will press on to the cipher truck. I'm gonna I'm gonna search with a I mean you guys can keep going. I mean ten. Garlo's gonna walk as slow as he's gonna walk, so I was like No no I, I I should yeah, I mean like at this point if they're already at the cipher truck, we kinda already are too late. I mean it's and, locked. Yeah, but what if they like burn it? Can it burn? Or is it magical against burning? I mean, it's magical, but I don't know if it's against burning. What's a cipher truck? Um, oh, I have a treat for you as soon as I can stop limping. No, you already <laughs> ate the treat for you. <laughs> ah. Speaking of which, Garlel, did you keep candy around here? Because uh, this guy over here ate something off the ground. Hey, hey. No, but we had a couple Ember who liked to um, you know, build little artificing creatures and stuff that dispensed candy. In fact, I think that gentleman I mentioned before, Makar, I think he had a little soldier, like a wind-up soldier that would spit out little Pez candies. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. No, no way. Like, uh. no, so, okay, Fox, I respect it, but that means that Makar went out the back door and went past where the rod was. Now you can do the legit Oh. Oh, but if he went that way, he has a room here too. We, we got to check it. And he had the book. So we need to check his room on the way out. It was, it was just down the hall from the, uh, the storage room. We'll have to hit that on the way out. He had quarters. Yeah, here. Um, I'll, I'll go How's Alan reacting to this. Yeah. Alan, Alan is like, Alan's a little bit shook. He's just like wide eyed following along in a little bit of a daze. I, I guess I will, instead of searching around, I'll look for his room. Okay. Well, you were already searching before, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I've made that roll. Okay. Yeah. What did you roll for that search? 10. You come across a couple broken books. Uh, you see one called A Thousand and One Ways to Make Beans Taste Good. A couple other things <laughs> like that, like just random books that they had in the okay. storehouse. <laughs> I need right. that. Just as you turn to go and look for Makar Pedrin's quarters, you hear a voice in the back of your head, not like the arcane echoes that you've been encountering. This is something different. And it says, you never need to be unarmed again. Take me with you. I can help, really. Where's the sound coming from? You okay over there, pup? We're about ready to head out. Uh, I think. You finally spot it tucked under the rubble of a fallen shelf. It is a small object of some kind, no longer than like a wrist. And uh, it seems like there are dappled shadows like rippling around it. I'm going to slowly reach for it and pick it up. 
yes, take me with you. Yes, take me with you. And you lift it up. And as you lift it up, the shadows that were rippling across the ground suddenly coalesce into the form of a rapier coming out of what you realize is the hilt of a sword that you've just picked up. And in the back of your head, it says, you need only restore me to purpose and I will never leave you unarmed again. You okay over there? Can I, if I, I'm going to, I'm going to think to myself, can, can you hear me? Can you hear me and my thoughts? I'm thinking really hard. It does not respond. <laughs> Jeb. Yeah, what's up? Oh, you found a broken sword. I, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit more than that. Can I see the shadows on it? Um, yeah, it's like a blade sticking out of it as a, but it's made of shadow. It's just like Ooh. the blackest black. Um, I might, I might be holding on to this. Uh, I mean, you're literally holding on to it, but like, what is it? Uh, what, what's your name? Sword? Um, no. What would you like to call me? My name is Jeb. No, no, Jeb, you don't understand. I do understand that I am not a sword. The sword is talking to me. That is very scary. <laughs> um, what should I, you know what? I'm going to have to sit down. This is. I'm going to deactivate the rod. You deactivate uh, the rod and the sword remains. This is like the coolest thing ever. Do, did I ever notice? Do I notice that? Jeb deactivating the rod? I wasn't rod? trying to hide it. <laughs> I guess, yeah, if he like, yeah. makes it obvious. So he turns off the rod and you know that that's turned off, but the sword is still there and speaking to you. So just for just for posterity's sake, when I activate and deactivate the rod, it's kind of like the bolt action on a rifle. It kind of just goes like, and it's like active and then. Uh, also, the sword is whispering in the back of your mind, uh, Fox. You need only give me a name to restore me to purpose. I didn't. I, oh, it's. Uh, can I can I can I think about it? Is this something I need to rush? Does the name matter? You, you're having a very. I cannot fight for you until I am named. It's asking me to name it. I don't hear anything. And I I, I think I should. I feel like I need to keep this. I feel like this is important. Zoth, you're pretty good with like. I need to name you're it pretty something good with important. Evil and good I'm things. Do you, oh, you aren't. I thought we were all together. You, you turn around. Oh. <laughs> well, buds. Okay. All right. All right. Sword. Um, I know you, you you said you're not allowed to say anything until I name you, but... Uh, no, I can't speak. Can you, I can't fight until I have a name. Uh, understandable. I'm, I'm going to think, just give me five minutes, okay? <laughs> this is very sudden. Naming's the hardest part, I guess. I'm talking to a sword. I'm talking to a sword. The shadows of that are forming the blade of the sword slowly kind of coalesce down into the hilt again and are now kind of wrapped and dappled up your right forearm. Whoa. Or whichever arm is your sword arm, I guess. Whoa. Yeah, right. They're um, not like attached to you. They're just like, you know, kind of floating above you. It's not like it feels weird or anything. Whoa. All right. All right. Um, um, I mean, that could uh, be cool. I gotta, I gotta think of a name. I need a name. Uh, Garlal's kind of looking at it curiously. This must be an artifact someone found. I don't think I even had time to study it. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. My vocabulary is not the best. I, I mean, okay, I so you like, could do something off of dark. You could do something off of shadow, um, umbral. You could do like um, swordy McSword face. Well, you could do like something off of rapier, slashy, pokey. Um, I don't know. I'm realizing I'm probably not really good with names either. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Night. Uh, it will be... Shadow Walker. Outland's like waving his hands trying to give you suggestions but forgot his paper so he can't <laughs> contribute to the discussion. <laughs> I'll name it Shadow Walker. Texas Ranger. It is a fitting name. 
and the sword again coalesces back into a blade, you get the feeling that you have in some way just attuned yourself to this item. Ooh, tingly. As you have attuned yourself to it, you're now aware of sort of how it works. Sort of. Um, <laughs> knowledge floods into my head. It's not quite like that. Well, like shadow flows into your veins. But you, you're starting to understand better, and maybe the sword itself is explaining to you what's going on here. But mechanically speaking, this sword deals 2d8 psychic damage on a hit. It has the finesse, light, and throne properties, so you can throw it at a range of 20 feet or at disadvantage at a range of 60 feet. In addition, when you use the sword to attack a target that is in dim light or darkness, you make the attack roll with advantage. If you drop the weapon or throw it, it dissipates into shadow at the end of the turn. Thereafter, it will appear clipped to your hip or in the sheath or however you normally store it, at the beginning, uh, like there's a one-round gap, and then it appears back on your person. That's pretty cool. Um, Jeb, I, I just, I'm realizing the potential of this thing. I, I have one question for you. Yes? Do, do you want me to tell Zoth that you and him are breaking up now? That you have, like, a new buddy? <laughs> As you ask that question, and speaking of Zoth, we're going to clear the six die in the tension pool and check in with Zoth out by the uh, cypher truck. Oh, dear. So, um, wow, six dice and no complications. What? Zoth, you make it back to the widened vent that you entered the tower through and you climb up some rubble. You know, you're sort of like not quite on your belly, but like, you know, sort of scampering up on hands and knees just because of the angle. Um, when I get to the top, could I, uh, is there something to tie a rope to and throw down so Fox doesn't have problem with the heights? Yeah, sure. You find something to tie a rope to and you have plenty of pressure and whatever. He's so thoughtful. Um, so you, you tie your rope and you throw it down and then you poke your head out the door. It is almost dawn. So like earlier there was the moonlight and it was at such a sharp angle because the moon was setting, so to speak. You still can't see very much, but the sky is tinged a faint blue and you look down upon the cypher truck where you left it locked, secure, and safe. The ground around the cypher truck has been excavated so that it is wheels deep in the dirt. It is covered in webbing of some kind. On the other side of the truck itself, there is a giant spider that is sitting there picking at the door, trying to use its little spindly spider legs to lock pick your door. This is long ways that you're looking at it. So that's basically like the driver's side yeah. window it's picking at. At the back door, you see the lone remaining member of Red Squad who hasn't left yet seems to be fiddling with the door in some way. And before you interact with them, they have finished in whatever way what they were doing and they leave away from you. So like the direction you're looking towards the Northern Wilds. They walk a little ways and then they swing themselves up onto some kind of invisible mount and it rides off. But he wasn't successful in breaking in. He was in. not successful in breaking in. The spider is still there okay. picking at the but doors the, and the there. car is still wheels deep. So like you're gonna have to find a way to get it out. I'm not worried about getting it out. I'm worried about the spider. New best friend. Um, I don't have any spell slots, but I do have... As you think about what to do, I'm gonna add a die to the tension pool. I'm going to first yell back down hey get out here uh down the hallway hoping that it echoes enough for them to it hear. does and they hear it and then i'm going to pull out a crossbow and try and shoot it i got a total of 10 your shot goes wide and hits the ground the spider's little head jerks up to an alert position and it starts looking around trying to figure out what the noise near it was but you're far enough away that it doesn't realize it was a shot projectile it thinks something's in the ground near it we cut back down into the tower where you guys are looking for makar's room i'll let you know when you hear zoth's yell jeb and fox i guess whoever's leading that charge 
um, you were going yep. looking for Macars. I'm, I'm looking for Macars. Right? I'll, I'll be following, just kind of okay. in, investigating, and yeah, I'm having a fun time with Shadow Walker, just learning. Okay, so Jeb, roll investigation, Fox, roll perception with disadvantage because you're focusing on your sword. Oof, not good. 10. 15. Okay, so uh, Fox is able to keep a lookout for other arcane echoes and guide you around strange things. And Jeb, it takes you a little while, but you're able to find Makar's quarters. You stand at the door to them, having finally found the one with his nameplate on it, when you hear Zothkug's voice echo back into, like back down into the tower. Guys, get out here! Mm. Uh, it's not going to disappear on us, right? It's a room. I mean, probably not. Do you want, like, maybe I can just take a look real quick and you could run up to assist? Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to climb up that very easily right now. I've only got a handful of spells. I'm not going to be super useful, if I'm honest. I don't even know if I can climb up. Let's there. just go. Let's go. Oh, Zoth needs us. Let's go. Okay. I don't know why. Why are we talking? That's dumb. dumb. And you rush off towards Zothka. And I will deactivate the rod when going through the storage room. Well, it's still deactivated, but yeah. Yeah, so you leave the rod deactivated as you go through the storage room. You climb Fox, you find a helpful rope, which you're able to climb up, um, and you get to the top just in time to see. We cut back to Zothkug, who's had probably two or three actions before then. So Zoth, you fired and missed. The spider's looking around. Um, You have 30 seconds. What are you doing? Firing again. Um, You fire another shot. fired, and then I missed. And I shot again, and I missed. 16 on the first roll, 12 on the second. Okay, with your 12, you're able to hit the spider. It is going to deal 9 damage. Excellent. So you hit the spider pretty good this time. Now that it's like up and looking around, it's a bigger target. You hit it and it like looks down and looks up and it's trying to find you, but it still hasn't identified you. Its little pincers are click clicking together. It rears up onto its back four legs and in all of its bajillion eyes, you can see the moonlight glinting evilly and then it sprints towards you. So it's taking the dash action to get to the roof of the tower, which is again like 45 degree angle up to you. So it makes it to the base of the tower in this turn with that dash action. Um, you have What are you doing? You have 30 seconds. Uh, just, just shooting again. Is it within 80 feet? Now? Yes. Okay. I will shoot it. Three damage. Now is going to move with its move action up the wall. And then when it gets close enough to you, it's going to take a swipe at you with one of its front legs. That's a 12 to hit. Uh, miss. Okay. So it takes a swipe at you, but you duck down. And as you duck down, you see Fox and Jeb are climbing back up towards you. At the base of the rope is Garlel, just waiting for like your cue that it's all clear. The part going back down the tower, is that like at an angle going down? Yeah, it's like 45 degrees down. Could I do a slide down towards my companions, like slide down it? and then stand up and shoot the crossbow at it. Oh, yeah, like trying to draw it into the tower? Yeah. Sure. You slide down towards your companions, level your crossbow at the window ready for it to come through, and sure enough, as it rushes through, it triggers your prepared action, and your hit is? 11, so miss. Everybody roll initiative. Let's figure out what order we're doing this, Shindig. Nat 20. 10. I got an 11. Southcug slides down and shoots back at the spider, but he's still a little bit off balance from the slide, and so it kind of goes wide and dink, bounces off of the rubble near the entryway as a giant spider pokes its head over the thing like your nightmare from before, but this time real, Uh, with its little pincers clacking, and uh, it starts to crawl into the area. What are you doing? Uh, Throw me. I'm throwing it. (laughs) I can fly. Let me fly. Already, yep. (laughs) As you draw the sword to throw it, the shadows begin to coalesce into a more aerodynamic sword. That's a non- You have advantage. It's dark in here. Got him. That's a nat 20 on the advantage roll. Nice. Um, Roll to confirm it. Yep. 
Uh, that's a nat one. Okay, so it's just <laughs> a hit. Just a hit. Um, you you hit it. Roll your damage. You should have called him you. Fifteen. You throw the sword and it impales itself like directly in between its like mandibles. Just slides in there and the spider rears up and it kind of shrieks a little bit and then it retreats back down the outside edge of the tower. And after about twelve seconds, you suddenly feel like an extra weight at your hip and you look down and sure enough, the hilt of Shadow Master is there. Is that what you called it? Shadow Walker. Shadow Walker. Yeah, the hilt of shadow walker is there and the shadows are now kind of playing um strangely around like the sheath that it's in oh okay you you just i'm 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 getting i nailed that uh, it was oh, yeah. that was you you had it thank you oh, you saved my uh, life who are you talking to thank you for restoring me to purpose oh thank you for kill uh, well did we kill we didn't kill it but thank you for rejecting whatever that came through there i jeb has fox gone mad no he got a, like a magic sword that he talks to now i'm gonna it's go up to the top and peek my head out uh you see the cypher truck wheels deep in the ground like it's basically been dug in and the spider itself is scampering off into the distance like it's chosen to live another day i need to inform you guys that one of red team members was here and then he got on an invisible mount and rode off presumably to come back so we we should peace out before he comes back we we need to check makar's room to see if there's anything about that rod or that book in there i am not prepared to fight as you turn around Owlin, who went into makar's room while you were doing this fight walks back out of the like at the bottom of the tower and he's like just walking really slowly with something in his hands that you can't see then he looks up at you and he holds it up and it's a strip of fabric and on it is the the rod breaking over an anvil sigil oh no and on that note tonight's episode of the wing badger tavern podcast comes to a close